I want to uh, go into something that the Lord has really been dealing with me about and being very helpful to me. Uh, it's about prayer. About prayer. And, and uh, that God answers prayers. I, I've seen God answer prayers in, in my life, in my family. It's, it's unusual. It's really, really neat. God does answer prayers when we, we uh, pray. So tonight, I go with uh, my series, dealing questions. But this question is, why unanswered prayer? Why do we have any such things as unanswered prayer? For many Christians, it seems like if God answers, boy, I hit it this time. Jackpot. <laughs> Let's pray, okay? Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Speak to us tonight and encourage our hearts in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And it's really funny, you know, it's like you pray, you pray, you throw all of that stuff out there. Say, God, please just answer one of them, you know, so I can give a testimony. <laughs> so, we're not sure that our prayers are answered. So prayer is really a burden for most Christians. It's a duty. Because, I mean, what's coming out of it might, you know. So, we want to unveil the mystery of unanswered prayer. Why is it? Let's share this first. In First John chapter 4, chapter 5 actually, verse 14 and 15, it says, Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him. We have this confidence in Christ. This is a confidence that every one of us should have. You should have that confidence written in scripture. I have that confidence. The scripture says we have that confidence. So you should have that confidence in him. Not in ourselves, but in Christ. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will. If we ask anything. It doesn't matter what it is. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So if you are asking or even thinking something in your mind, asking means there is a need, right? You are asking to meet a need in your life or maybe in the life of the church or in your family. If that need is found in this book, if it is the will of God, he says, we have this confidence in him. That if we think, ask, whatever, in anything that is in his book, according to his will, he hears us. It's automatic. Every time you do that, he hears. Every time you pray, if, if that prayer, that need is in the scriptures, then it is his will. He's got to hear you. Or this book is no good. He heard you. We should have this confidence in him. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And according to the scripture, it says that if we know, not think, or hope, if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. 
So once you know that you have been heard, what God is saying, hearing is equal to answer. And so when you ask anything according to His will, He is hearing you. He cannot but hear you because it's according to His will. What that is saying is the initiation of this particular request, request you're asking, came from God Himself. God initiated it. If it's according to His will, that's exactly what He wants happen in your life. He placed that desire there. It's His will. That's why he's there. He's in the scriptures. So if you voice it, he hears you. He's according to his will. He, that's exactly what he wants in your life. And because you know he's heard you, you got the answer. Not going to, you have the answer. So we should have that confidence in our lives. Now let me share this with you. Neither Jesus nor John, the beloved disciple, Acknowledge any such things as an unanswered prayer. Jesus never did. You can read through the scriptures. The scriptures, the things that Jesus told us. He talked as if anytime you pray, God is going to answer you. Sure, believer. He never entertained a thought or even said anything close to your prayers will not be answered, never. You read the scriptures, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 11. It says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. It's just given. If you ask, you are going to be given. If you ask, you will receive. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you will find. If you seek it, you'll find it. This is God speaking. And I like it when Jesus says, Truly or verily, verily, traditional King James, that's the Bible. (laughs) Or in modern times, most assuredly, Jesus says, I say to you. I'd like you, every time Jesus says the word, I say to you. That's very important. Because he's saying, I'm standing behind what I'm telling you now. And also he's saying, what I'm telling you now is what the Father, God, said for me to say. Because I don't say my own words. What I hear from him is what you hear coming out of my mouth. mouth. So what he's saying here is, ask and you will be given. Whatever you ask, God will give to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. This was real deliverance for me when I found that scripture. Everyone who asks, I am everyone, so I can ask, receive. Everyone who asks receives. And he who asks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. That would have been enough. Ask, you receive, knock, the door will be opened, seek, you find. Everyone who asks receives. That, could have, that should have been enough. But Jesus went on and says, Oh, what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? When your son asks for something, you have it, you give it. You don't give him something else, you give exactly what they ask for. And then he concluded by saying, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? So he, he didn't allow for anything like an unanswered prayer. He says, if you ask, you're going to receive it. 
And the scriptures cannot be broken. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. Not my word. So what you ask is what you receive. John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14, Jesus himself said that, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Not may do. Whatever you ask, all you have to do is ask it in my name. I'll do it. He said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's the only thing. If you ask in my name, I'll do it. The purpose, the Father will be glorified. So answered prayer in your life glorifies the Father. So when your prayer is answered, God is glorified. Jesus is glorified. Why will God resist giving you what you've asked for? If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. That's a guarantee. We listen to those words and we say, that's nice. But we need to hold to his word. If my word abide in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask what you will and it shall be done for you. John 15 verse 7. That's what Jesus said. You have his word. His word is ask and it shall be given you. Right? Is that not his word? That's what he said. Ask it shall be given you. Seek you will find. Knock the door will be open. Everyone who asks receives. That's his word. If my word abide in you, you shall ask what you will, it shall be given you. Nothing like an unanswered prayer. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. That the Father will be glorified. That's encouraged me. I can ask. I can ask. I can ask. If you see a need in the church, ask. Don't complain about it. Ask. If all of us begin to ask for to God, ask God that we need that building built, and we're united, we're asking we'll to get it done. If we ask God, we don't want to be in debt; we want everything paid for. Guess what? God's going to bring the money through for us. Amen. The thing is, most people are afraid to ask. They know, what if if we ask? What if if God doesn't give? There is no what if there. From what Jesus said, He just said ask. He just said ask. You got needs in your own house? Ask. What I don't want, I ask. What I don't want in my home, I decree. What I want, I speak. The Bible says, decree a thing, and it shall be established. We decree in our home, but we never know want. I'm not depending on any man. Till I see Jesus face to face, the days of where we can't pay our bills is over. Depending on no man. Because if you trust a man, you're cursed. God will meet your need. Just ask. Jesus said in John chapter 16, 23 and 24, He said, In that day, and that's the day we're living in, this is the day. That's before He went to the cross. He was referring after the cross, on the other side of the cross. In that day you shall ask nothing in my name. He said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. Whatever you ask. What, that's a blank check. That's a blank check. Notice the word faith is never mentioned. 
The word believe is never mentioned. You know why? Because you are God's son. You are a believer. There is no need for faith. You are already a believer. A believer is the one who believes in Jesus. So Jesus doesn't have to say, if you ask anything in my name and have faith, then you receive. No, you, if you ask anything from the Father, your Father in my name, He'll give it to you. You don't have to have faith. You already have faith. You don't have to wonder if you have faith. Jesus never allowed for anything like unanswered prayer here. He said, all you need to do is ask, and yeah, he give it to you. That way you take all, everything else out. What the economy of the United States out, what's happening, who's going to do this, and all of those things out of your life. You, just like Annie said tonight, me and God, and no anxiety. Whatever you ask in his name. Now, look at what it says in uh, uh, Psalm 2 verse 8. It says, and ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. Amen? Just ask me. Just ask me. I was talking to Pastor Lonnie today. I was telling him about, because we talked when we were in Nigeria about the TV thing and all of that. And I said, once it gets into my heart and I believe this is what God is asking our church to do, I'm not waiting for anything. You just make the same, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. The money is going to catch up with it. Amen. The money will catch up with it. We just need to expand our minds and trust God that He is faithful. He loves us. I mean, if He gave His Son, what more could He keep from us? He gave His Son. The greatest gift ever. He gave his son. And what we're asking for are good things, right? For ourselves and for the church and for our family. He gave his son for for us. While we were rebels. (laughs) Now we're following him. Why will he deny us anything? Amen. So he wants to give to us. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. That's why I said on Sunday, we, we rule, we control, we decide what's going to happen. You have no reason to be afraid of the future. Jesus is your future. No matter what's happening to you currently, is nothing. It's just part of the plan where God is taking you to where he wants you to go. It may be uncomfortable today, but if you are in God and you, are, you have these lips to talk to him, uh, you're going to climb up there. All this happening is just part of this puzzle as God is putting them together. That's what I believe. Ask of me and he'll give you the nations for an inheritance, the ends of the earth for your possession. Amen. God is willing to do that for us. However, the scripture does acknowledge a thing as unanswered prayer. James, uh, the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ, Acknowledge that. And he told us this. You ask and do not receive. So that's the first time we're getting there. (laughs) You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. That you may spend it on your pleasure. I I started, I came back to church and I was in the office there thinking, spend. Why did the scripture say spend it? I'm not going to spend my car, right? 
Do you spend your car for your pleasure? Huh? I need you to answer me tonight. <laughs> you spend your car for your pleasure? You drive it, right? Spend. Time, right? Money. Right? That's what you spend, right? I like to find out some other things that you spend for your pleasure. Uh, for me personally, I felt like, wow, this is good. So God knows I'm going to be asking for money <laughs> to spend. Amen? It says, you ask a means that you may spend it on your pleasure. Basically, the reason why your prayers are not answered is, is you're asking from God for all the selfish reasons. Amen. Just for yourself. Just for yourself. The kingdom of God means nothing to you. Others mean nothing to you. All you want is how you can look. It's me. It's all about me. James is saying, if that's what's part of your heart, and God sees it. See, this, this, the word of God is what divides. It knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And so when you're asking according to his word, according to his will, the word of God is discerned that something is not right here. This is all about you. For you to look good. For you to have this great thing or great house or great whatever. There's nothing there for the glory of God. Now, God wants you to have an excellent house. A great house. Huge house. But your purpose is to let the world know God is light. And God sees it, he grant it. Because it's for his pleasure, not yours. He wants to make us a showcase, a showcase for the world to see that he is good. My wife often said that when God, Moses asked uh, God, I want to see your glory. God said, okay, I'll let my goodness pass by you. I'm going to show you my goodness. So God wants to show, you, show us his goodness. And he can show the world his goodness in your life by giving you exactly what you need, which is really great and larger tent. So that God's name is glorified and they see what God is doing in your life and they say, I want your God. He is a good God. He takes care of your kids. Your kids are hardly sick. You got all of these things. Everything is fine with you. Everything you touch turns to gold and you seem not to have so much trouble. And when you got troubles, he doesn't even bother you. You're always smiling. I want your God. And God is glorified. But if you're asking, we should be asking, before this, James said, you do not have because you do not ask. And when you ask, you don't receive. The only reason you're not receiving is because you're looking to yourself and yourself alone. It's just for yourself. And so he said, if that's what you have in your heart, then God is not going to answer. So I can adjust that immediately. Amen. <laughs> Immediately, you can adjust it. God, I change. I repent. I'm going to ask this and change your mind. And begin to ask it for God's glory. And, and put your mind in there. So we ask for nothing except it will glorify God. For the kingdom of God. You know, people want to have stuff. But they won't let God have anything. God bless me, but God knows you're not going to pay your tithe out of that. How is he going to bless you? 
His kingdom is not going to be blessed by it. It's all about you. You know, so those type of things just for yourself is not going to work. Yeah, God knows your heart before you ask. He knows what you're doing. You got a track record with him. You see, God is looking for faithfulness. He can judge what you're going to do. And he knows why you're asking for this. Maybe it's just to look better than this fellow here. So they think I'm closer to God. Has nothing to do. When God, your heart is not right. This is the reason why we don't receive from the Lord. You know, Paul had an unanswered prayer. Right? The great apostle Paul had an unanswered prayer. And we need to learn from the lesson from his life. Because he covers everything. People's prayers are not answered. Why God doesn't answer prayers? You know, in Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 9, he says, Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Lest I be exalted above measure. He mentioned it two times, you know. So the reason for this messenger of Satan in his life, that's another message, uh, was so that he would not be exalted, he wouldn't be conceited. He has seen so much. He had been in the third heaven. He has seen everything. Things that human beings cannot speak of, Paul said. So there was reason in his heart to feel, well, well, I'm special. I, I must be special. God didn't even show all of this to Peter. Showed him to me. And so God never wanted him to focus on all of those things. So he said, Paul was focused on what was happening to him. He had no time to think about the great revelation that God had given to him. And why? He prayed three times. He said, I besought the Lord three times. And God said, no. My grace is sufficient for you. All you need is my grace. That will meet all of your needs. That's very important. Hold on to the word grace. My grace is sufficient for you. Now, why will God do something like this and refuse this great apostle's prayer? Well, God was the one that allowed the messenger of Satan. And the reason for that was to keep him humble. Because as soon as pride is seen in him, not a single prayer after that will be answered. So God had to wait. No, I would rather have him have this problem in his life to keep him in the place. This prayer will not be answered so that the order, orders of his prayers will be answered. If this is not taken care of, the rest of them, he's finished. He's gone. None of his prayers will be answered. So I got to keep him in this place where he remains this great apostle that I made him humble. So that I can answer all of his prayers. So this is the key here. Conceit, pride will cut you off completely. The church is growing because I'm such a great pastor. Uh-huh. <laughs> Watch out. Because you're going to be cut off. God's going to humble you out of mercy. 
your prayers may not be answered for a while. Till you learn to humble yourself. I got all these great ideas. I'm so wonderful. I'm great. Your attitude. A proud look. The Bible says to watch about those things. Remember the scripture says pride goes before a fall. If there's pride, you're coming down. No doubt. You are going to fall. If you don't fall, God lied. Got to get rid of that. It's so important. If God can be so severe on his apostle to prevent this, how much more? This is very important. When you're asking for things to come into your life, is it to, to boost your image? You understand what I'm saying? So you look down. God doesn't tolerate things like that. Joseph was very wealthy, but a lot of humility. Daniel, great in the kingdom, but a lot of humility. Saul couldn't handle humility. He couldn't handle 10. David had killed his 10,000. <laughs> and Saul, his thousand, he couldn't handle that. He said, they ascribed to David 10,000. And to me, he felt... And God said, you're coming down. Probably the, the greatest problem. I call it the Lucifer syndrome. See, all of us are prone to that. All of us. If, if God had to do this for Paul, do you understand what I'm saying? If God had to do this for Paul, to keep him under, <laughs> what about good luck? I need more. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? God doing things in your life, it doesn't take too long before we start thinking we are very special. We're better than others. There must be something about me that's so great. That's why God is nothing It's all about what Jesus wants to get accomplished. You just happen to be the mule for him to use. It's not about us. There, um, Isaiah 14, I believe verse 12, says, how you are fallen, O Lucifer, son of the morning. What did it, this great angel, thrones, stars? You can also read in Ezekiel chapter 28, what brought him down, where he could never recover. Pride. Paul calls it, calls it the condemnation of the devil. This is why prayers are not answered. Humility is so important before the Lord. In 1 Timothy 3 verse 6, even for a, a new Christian, God is trying to protect the new Christian. He says, not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he falls into the same condemnation as the devil. So this is very important. No matter what God is doing in my life, no matter what God is doing, doing in your life, notice what causes us pride. It's the things that God gave to us in the first place. You understand what I'm saying? The gifts that he gave to us. Lucifer was made by God and God gave him those gifts, right? He was okay with God and he was a favorite of God. 
when he, when, when he was right with the Lord. But the same gifts that were given to him brought pride in him that destroyed him. And the same thing happened to Paul. God was the one that took Paul to the third heaven and showed him all of these things. And then God said, this is a human being. He is going to have some pride in him. And this is going to destroy him and hinder all everything that I planned for his life. I'm going to let him have this problem and I'm not going to let it go. Because I need this man. I will that God would do that to me so I can keep myself humble. Whatever it takes. Don't let me disgrace your name. Because I don't believe that what happened to Paul was something that disgraced God's name. It was an honor even though he had to suffer whatever he suffered. I believe it was persecution. But humility is so important to answer prayer. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God so that he'll lift you up. What's lifting up? That's promotion, right? God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. We're back to the word grace. Remember I told you to keep that word grace? God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Now, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 tells us this. Where grace comes with regards to prayer. Let us therefore come boldly to what? You are coming to the throne of grace. If you are coming to God for anything that you are going to ask from Him, and you are going into the Holy of Holies, guess how you come? Guess where you are going? You are going to the throne of grace. And if God is resisting you, and He gives grace only to the humble, you come in with that kind of attitude, you are not welcome to the throne of grace. You see why we have unanswered prayer? You're not welcome. Because the only way you can have your prayer answered is to come to the, gra- the throne of grace. And if God resists the proud, and He gives grace to the humble, and you are proud, you are not going to be welcome to the throne of grace. You can have your prayers answered. I don't care who prays for you. You're not coming in there. It's a terrible thing for God to resist a man. I don't want to be there. So we really need to humble ourselves. As I was studying this, I said, God, please, no matter what, I need humility. I don't want the false humility, you know, walking like, you know, so everybody says, you know how these uh, guys come in, they're doing this? I don't want that kind of humility. I like it to be of the heart. You can talk whatever you want to talk big, but God knows this. I want that humility that to be there so that my prayers can be answered. Because you can do whatever on the outward. If your prayers are not answered, then God doesn't reward you openly. Amen? But when your prayers have been answered, people may differ, disagree with you, but they can see God doing the work openly. That's what is important. So let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find what? Grace to help in the time of need. You need grace. You need, just, you need grace. 
But if God doesn't give you grace because you're proud, your prayers will not be answered. Faith is another thing. But for believers, we already have faith. That's why John will not even acknowledge anything for the believer as an unanswered prayer. He said, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give it to you. Because you become, you are God's child. But if this is in you, well, this is not, this is not going to work. So when I come to God, I have to be humble, humble yourself, and you can read through the Old Testament. Every time a king, a prophet, whoever humbles himself before God, it's like God turns just like that. He turns, and his heart, no matter what they've done, once he sees humility, he turns. And he removes the judgment immediately. I think that's really what's hindering a lot of believers, pastors, all of all believers. Because it doesn't take too long before we begin to think there must be something special about my ministry. And I got all these great ideas. And, God, you know, they give glory to God, but the, everything else is said, and then the little glory is attached to God later. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> It doesn't work that way. See, God says, I will share glory with no one. You have to give him glory. You can say it with your mouth, you're giving him glory, but your heart is saying something God knows was there. It has to be coming from your heart. Probably during the time of prayer, where no one is sharing it, it's just you and your God. And you're letting him know that he's the one that's doing this. So, we need to get rid of that Lucifer syndrome as we come to the Lord. Now let me uh, go address the question of uh, uh, faith. Uh, because we always you hear, hear Christians saying, well, maybe I don't have enough faith. How many have been there? <laughs> I mean, I've prayed, and I, I, maybe my faith is small. But Jesus said, if your faith is as little as that as the master said you got enough you you can do whatever so it's not the question of that i personally believe and i'll read this scripture here mark 9:23. jesus said to the to him if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes the problem is not faith for believers i think the problem is praise praise God has already said to us, if you ask, you receive. This is the confidence that we have in him. If he hears, we know we already have the answer. So what should we do? Praise him for it. Praise him for it. Keep praising. When you cannot praise God from the heart for it, you're not there yet. When you cannot really thank him because you haven't seen that thing, uh, if you cannot really thank him from your heart for it, you will never see it. But when you can praise him and you can thank him from the heart, God, I thank you. I know you've heard it. I'm so grateful to you. You're just thanking him for it. Six months go, goes by, you're still thanking him for it. Amen? <laughs> it means you're not going to let that's faith. That's real faith. You're still thanking him and rejoicing. That's when you want to shut people out. Amen. Because sometimes they say things that will want to discourage, make you get discouraged. I like to just shut people out. 
and focus on what I'm doing with my garden. That's it. Uh, people can change. They go back and forth. You know what I mean? They're against you today, tomorrow they're for you. So they're flaky. That's including me, all of us. Okay. <laughs> so you don't worry about people. Just don't worry about them. You face your God. They'll come up. But again, I'd like to read this scripture if I close. Uh, Psalm 149. Teresa, please. The place of praise. Psalm 149 from verse 5. It says, uh, if you have your Bible, please turn to it. Psalm 149. It says, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. That's what you should be doing. Are you a saint? Sing aloud in your bed. Make sure your wife is not sleeping at the time you're singing aloud. (laughs) Hey, this is what it says. Sing aloud in your bed. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the people, uh, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the written judgment. This honor of all the saints. Then again, praise the Lord. He got that honor. So you just keep praising him on your bed, singing, be joyful in glory. He got glory, the glory of Jesus upon your life. There's no need to fear, no man, no fear, no fear of man, no fear of demon, no fear of the devil. God is on your side. I got not, I have no reason to be afraid of anything. Nothing evil is going to happen to me. Nothing is evil is going to happen to my children. They are not, they will serve the Lord. Your children will serve the Lord. They'll walk in His ways. God is giving me these great promises. I believe them. So I thank Him for them. Amen. And that's faith. I don't have to work anything up. It's already there. I know my future is bright. It may not be very bright to you today, but it is bright in the future. I can see the future. Amen. That's what we need to say. Just stay with him because he is. God's not going to die. He's still alive and he's on my side. He loves me. No matter what I do, he still loves me. He's taking care of me. He's taking care of my family. He knew before I was born. He knew before you were born. He knew before you got your kids. And he blessed you. So your kids are going somewhere to be great. Amen. The kids of the Ark Fellowship are going to be great. Every one of them. They are going to be great. The Ark Fellowship is going to be great. Because God will make great people out of the Ark Fellowship. I don't care what anybody says. I trust in my God. He's faithful. And God will do it. His zeal will perform it. That's faith in him. I'll see it. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to be sick. I will be around till I see God glorify his, his name upon our church. Not upon what we can do. We have no talents. You know, we trust in him. So when the word is out, they know it's got to be God. It's got to be God. He must be the one that has done this. And they'll tell you, yes, glory to God, but tell us how. We say, there is no how. Give glory to him. He gives the how. Amen.
I want you to trust God today. I want you to trust God for whatever you're asking God. The key thing today is to check that your heart is right before God and that the things that you are conceiving, what you are asking God to do in your life is not out of a selfish motive. Not for you to look good, but for the kingdom of God. For you to have, to satisfy your family. I pray for that. I want God to take take care of my needs in my family. If it's not, I will be heavily distracted. You understand? I take care of everything in my home, but I want the world for your kingdom. I want to send people from the Ark Fellowship all over the world ministering. And God will do it for us. God will raise them for us. Small today, but God will do it. We trust in Him. Amen? That's the way it should be. I want you to think that way. Forget all the negative stuff that's happening in your life. You got God on your side right now. It's the truth. Everything that you heard before now is a lie. God is on your side. The scripture says that. The scripture cannot lie. Mark, please come up. So change your mind. And once you change your mind, God draws closer. Because it's what's happening in your mind that pushes him away or draws him closer to you. Draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. Push everything aside and begin to pull him closer to yourself. And tell yourself, because God is so close to me right now, no man can put me down. No man is taking me down. I'm going up. Promotion comes from him. He's going to be well. I'm not afraid of what the economy is doing. I don't even think about it. I just hear it on the news. That's not my lot in this life. I live in another kingdom. It's the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in that kingdom, there is no lack. We don't need any kind of uh, uh, supply from the government to help us. God is our government. Amen? And he's taking care of his children. You have no reason to be afraid. God is on your side. If you can believe that, that you can, even as the world goes down, because your hands are being held by the hands of God, you're not going to go down. Who is going to do that to God? Take your hands off his hand. It's not going to happen. Amen? You are his beloved. He says you are more than, you're just like the apple of his eye. Every one of us that have accepted his son, Jesus Christ. Once you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, he takes over your life. Amen? Difficult times will come. We go through the valley of the shadow of death, right? We're not camping there. We're just going through. Amen? We're not camping. We're going through the valley of the shadow of death. But he is with us. Amen? Would you stand up with me tonight? God is with us. Let's give him praise. Let's give him praise. Would you raise your hands up to the Lord and give him glory? Give him glory. And if there's anything that you need to ask God for, for forgiveness, just let go. Again, like I said, the only thing that will hinder your prayers is when your prayers are for yourself and for yourself alone. But if it's to take care of your family, that's his will. To bring good into your life, that's his will. So that you can bless, you can be strong and bless the house of God and bless the work of God. You need that abundance. So all your needs are taken care of. Blessed to be a blessing. That's what it is all about. Blessed to be a blessing. That's what God wants for your life. So that you have the abundance in your life and then you are able to give to every need that 
comes up in the house of God. That's the will of God. And if your prayer is according to that, you have the answer. You have the answer right now. All we need to do is thank Him for it. Father, we thank you for your glory. That Jesus asked should be placed upon our lives. We have it. We know His prayers were answered. And we thank you for the place that you've placed us in your kingdom. Let your will be done in our lives. We give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.